Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Chad Franzen here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The Emeth and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a 14-day free trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. Mike McCarthy is the Chief Financial Officer and Chief Operating Officer at Northern Essex Community College. He's been a successful change agent in two different industries and has been recognized for his commitment to organizational improvements, supporting the local communities he serves, and working to enhance opportunities for adults with learning disabilities. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you? Great, Chad. Thank you for having me. Hey, uh, tell me a little, just a little bit more about Northern Essex Community College. Sure. Uh, Northern Essex Community College is, uh, serves about 5,000 students up in Massachusetts. We're north of Boston, uh, along the New Hampshire border, out towards the uh, seacoast. We work in credit and non-credit, uh, plus a lot of professional development. And we have campuses in Haverhill, Massachusetts. Uh, what is kind of your day-to-day role as COO? So um, as the chief financial and, and operating officer, I oversee uh, finances, uh, human resources, IT. Uh, it. It's kind of a fun group. I have uh, public safety, athletics, uh, and facilities. So uh, in all operational process improvements to support the academics side of it. What are some of those uh what are what are some of can you give me an example or two of some of those operational process improvements that you know you're kind of focused so, on now? Um, right now we're we're doing a lot of focus, especially with the COVID uh, situation, on reducing our deferred maintenance and investment into the campus and the building and the infrastructure. Last year we spent over seven million dollars in project money on campus, um, so we have things such as that to implementing new budget process and software. Uh, to help make it more accountable and streamline budget process. Are there, can you uh, tell, share with us some things that you're doing to, to make that happen? Sure. Um, so we tried to, well, Northern Essex Community College is one of 15 community colleges. So we went out to try and do a shared purchase number of the other schools um, on this budget tracking system. That, and we've implemented it. We're in year one. So this now enables us to uh, have projections, quarter one, quarter two, timely data on spends, uh, but also helps uh, tracking positions. And as we're building our budget for next year, helps us provide actuals and what it looks like future projections would be on 
various spends. Uh, I'm sure most people have those systems, but it was a new endeavor. Sure, sure. Hey, I mentioned that you had worked in, uh, you've worked now in two different industries. You've worked, uh, you worked for this uh, in, in the education industry. Uh, what did you do before this? So uh, prior to coming to Northern Essex, I had the pleasure of working for the Essex County Sheriff's Department for uh, about 17 years. Uh, interesting history that that sheriff's department goes back to Salem, Massachusetts. So it's one of the original sheriff's departments uh, in the country. Uh, it has the old Salem witch trials, jail associated with that. Uh, wow. But there, I served as uh, uh, chief financial officer, chief, uh, chief administrative officer, and then uh, I left as the uh, special sheriff and chief executive. Would you say that there are some similar kind of trends um, with education and law enforcement as you're moving forward here? Um, yeah, I think the, uh, I think, well, I think the thing that's been most helpful was is that using the approach of building people's trust and uh, having to earn that trust. So the, the, especially when dealing with things such as COVID pandemics or uh, looking at uh, implementing change, people have to trust you. Uh, sometimes people think you can just be made to give that to you. It doesn't work. Uh, so you have that. You also, both organizations were public sector organizations. So you have the similarities of working across uh, the unions and working to facilitate uh, collective bargaining agreements and how those affect operations, making decisions, as well as uh, the funding sources are, are very similar. You're broken down by uh, combination of state appropriation as well as revenue from. So, uh, how would you say it affects? How would you say the differences in um, what are some of the primary differences between public uh, between operations in the public sector and the private sector, and how, how do they affect you now? So, um, I think one of the biggest would be probably your funding sources. Uh, so. Uh, for example, at the college, we're roughly uh, a third state-funded, a third revenue tuition, and a third outside revenue sources. Um, we've worked very hard to increase our outside revenue sources um, as there's a national, uh, I don't want to say decline in enrollment, but you've heard about it in higher ed because of birth rates. It's such numbers change. Um, so we've had to be more creative to not just rely on state funding, but to actually drum up other revenues. Uh, you also, the, the piece would be, in, I think, the collective bargaining, especially in Massachusetts, which is, uh, that's, a, that's a strong uh, group. We have, uh, whether it was at, at the college, it's the unions are across the institutions of ed, and having to make sure that you follow those rules and impact bargain and all of that as you're, again, implementing change uh, technology enhancements of that nature. You know, you, you mentioned earlier that uh, a large part of your job was kind of building people's trust. Um, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, in kind of leadership roles like yourself, CFO, COO, you know, most COOs have to kind of earn people's trust. Is there, is there some way, is it kind of an intuitive process where you just have to be yourself? Like, is there some way that you would recommend <laughs> to people to do that? Well, um, so, I'm a fan of management by walking around. Mm -hmm. uh, so where I have facilities, I like to be out and about and 
try to spend some time, try to schedule it once a week to be out on either one of the campuses, for example. And that by doing that, you get seen, you get to speak to people, you get to meet them uh, and break down any perceived barriers there may be. I think it's helpful. Also, you can be responsive to what they may ask you and you get back to them with a quick answer to the question. Uh, and, and, and basically just be yourself. The difference. Uh, it is hard. It's, it's challenging to get up and do it because uh, it's easy to just have your head down and want to get down and go. But um, I think it's helpful. And it also allows you to see the campus. It allows the employees to show you what they're doing. A lot of them will have, they have great pride in the work they're doing for benefits students who serve. Um, and I think it's a, uh, it's, it's a neutral ground. So it's not like they're in your office or in an environment. Um, another thing we, we implemented before COVID was uh, we worked with the unions actually to have uh, an open forum where basically I was standing there with members of the team and we would uh, answer questions. People might've perceived something or thought something and we would give you the answers on why a decision was made, how it was done and, and move it forward that way. So um, to try and neutralize on the, any potential uncertainty or questions on why. What would you say is maybe the big, the biggest challenge uh, involved in doing operations in the, in the public sector and maybe something where you're, or some, something where you might say, Oh, I'm, I'm luckily I work in the public sector and not the private sector regarding this. If you can think of those off the top of your head. Well, I think it's, um, I'm guessing the biggest uh, benefit of the, public sector is, is the revenue piece we talked about before. Uh, so you have state commitment funding and, and you work that way. Um, the, I guess the biggest difference is going to be the, the, the processes that you have to go through. Uh, you know, there's, there's best practices and then there's laws. For example, trying to, you know, uh, uh, find lease space, you, you have to go through a whole process through the, through the state. Uh, and there are various rules uh, designed to avoid corruption. And they're obviously there because it's happened in the past, but they really have a tendency to slow down the process, trying to nimble and adapt. I have one more question for you, but first, um, how can people find out more about Northern Essex um, Community College? Geez, that would be great. Uh, well, a few ways. Uh, Happy that hopefully if you're a fan of the sports pages, you're going to see our baseball team is ranked uh, number 10 in the country uh, in Division three junior colleges. So they're, they're heading off to Florida, so that's a good way. But I think the, um, the, the best way is on our website. I would encourage you to please look at that. It's uh, www.necc, so that's Nick, Eric, Charlie, Charlie.ma.edu. And... Uh, I, I, I think you'll find as much pride in us as I find in ourselves for the services we do and the great team we have. Last question for you. Uh, are there any books that you have found partic particularly enjoyable or valuable as you've gone through your career? So I actually keep it on my desk, if you don't mind. Is, uh, there's, there's two books that have come across lately that I've enjoyed. First one is I had an opportunity. It's called Unleashed by Frances Fry. Uh, she's professor over at Harvard, and it just, uh, it really changed my perspective as we're looking to do a better job of diversity and inclusion and, and the hiring that we do. Uh, she provides a very unique perspective that I've enjoyed. Uh, and I'm happy to say in, in my time overseeing human resources, we've increased our diversity hires and managers. 
And the second one is I just recently had a chance to hear a guy, Dr. Tony Hall, uh, speak about a cohesive culture in the workforce. And, uh, and both of them, having got to hear them as well as read their uh, books, it, it, it helps you see um, a, a pattern of, of, of getting through some of the tough challenges we're all facing today. And uh, especially with trying to get people back into the office uh, as this, uh, as the pandemic and the numbers are, are adjusting in a positive way, you know, people have gotten used to being home, addressing those concerns with trying to create the right work. Yeah, I know, you know, uh, since you bring that up a lot of, I don't hear about it much in, in, in universities or in community colleges and things like that, but you know, like elementary schools, high schools, a lot of teachers were really worried about, about coming back in. Has that affected you guys? So we're, um, right now we're, we're trying to be, uh, is back as much as possible. Uh, we had, I think it was 63% of our offerings had uh, some form of in-person or hybrid model. Um, we, we do have a vaccine mandate. We do have a, a mask mandate when, when out and about, uh, and those things are being evaluated. Well, not the vaccine mandates in, but mask, um, that will be evaluated. And we're looking to have more people back come fall. For in service support, you know, but but also the the pandemic has shown us because you had to move so quickly that you know the, the people, the kids, and employees they like the online option. So we try to make sure that it's specifically on the uh, registration of courses that we allow people flexibility to choose what what works best for them, and uh, we try to follow that with the enrollment. Hey, Mike, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to hear your insights and your thoughts. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of you know, the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's my